and welcome to Two Defeats from Crisis on Saturday at 3. My name's Andrew Anderson and today we're going to be looking back at Rangers' 5-2 win over St Mirren. Uh, joining me on this one are two of my very favourite co-hosts. First of all, Dave, how are you doing, man? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Wonderful. And uh, Kenny as well. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Uh, all good, yeah. Uh, There's nothing like scoring five goals to kind of lift your mood a little bit over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly feeling better. But, um, you know, we, we um, I think on the preview we predicted that St Mirren would maybe try and be quite defensive, uh, set up shop and kind of guard. But I think uh, as we were talking just off air, just before we started recording, they actually approached this game a little bit more aggressively than we were expecting, playing two up top and... Uh, we're on the front foot, uh, playing well. Uh, Kenny, I mean, refreshing change of pace for us uh, in the SPFL? Yeah, um, I thought Simon were all right, actually. I thought they did come out and have a bit of a go. I think they were, the two up front are uh, a little bit of a handful at times, um, and that's me being kind. But uh, yeah, I, I, I thought they, they made a, a proper game of it, to be fair to them, yeah. How about you, Dave? This is a new way forwards. Teams actually come into Rangers and attacking. Uh, given our defence, you know, it might actually pay some dividends, you know? I well, if our defence was in the shape it should be in, I'd probably quite enjoy it. But the fact that they come attack and score goals is a source of concern to me. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a little bit of a worry, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Rangers uh, obviously made a couple of changes enforced by injury uh, after the Celtic game the previous weekend. Uh, both the Ryans out. Uh, we lost Jack and Kent for Lundstrom and Sakala, respectively, uh, which meant that Rangers lined up. McGregor and goals again. Tav, Suter and Davis, uh, along with Barisic at the back, uh, holding midfielders of Lundstrom and Raskin. Attacking midfielders of Tillman, Cantwell and Sakala, and then Morelos up top. Uh, no major surprises there. I mean, any changes that you boys reckon we should have made instead, or is that pretty much the team's picking itself at the moment? Kamara for Lundstrom. Yeah, yeah, I think that was probably the only argument that we could have. Dave, how about you, mate? Now that's it, but apart from that, it was pretty bare bones, and I think the team did sort of pick itself because of the amount of, hopefully, low-key, low-term, or low-key, short-term injuries that we picked up. Maybe we buy yeah. the season syndrome kicking in. I think so. I think with the way that the managers talked about them, a lot of them are kind of bumps and scrapes, um, wrapping certain players in cotton wool to make sure they're healthy for the, let's face it, the only big game that we've got coming up for the rest of the season at this point. So, yeah, uh, no major dramas uh, in terms of the team selection. And, um, yeah, we, um, we started fairly aggressively as well. Four minutes in. Uh, Nico Raskin is making a great run in the box and Gogic annihilates him. Uh, Rangers get a penalty on the four-minute mark. Kenny, any debate about the penalty or Stonewall? No, it's a Stonewall penalty. Uh, I don't even think the big lad Gogic knows Raskin's there. He just goes to take the ball and Raskin's far too quick for him. Definite penalty, Andrew. Yeah, I think the way uh, Raskin flies off of it, it's uh, it's not like he was moving at a slow pace there either. You know, he flung himself halfway across the um, across the box there. So Tav steps up, but uh, unfortunately, end of season syndrome again. Um, manages to miss this one. I don't think it's a really well struck one. You know, it's um, a good height for the keeper. It's not particularly far over to the left. So, unfortunately, no joy for us there. We didn't have to wait that much longer, though, because on the 26-minute mark, Cantwell, um, who will feature a couple more times during this, manages to put Rangers 1-0 up. Um, 
it was a fantastic shot as well, Dave. But what was your take on the goal? I it's for me the the movement into the box of Cantwell and getting a guy who's prepared to run beyond and take the gamble to get in the box. Another decent passing move. I'm sure we'll come on to the one later in the game. But that's two things you mentioned there. And early attacks, Raskin and Cantwell both getting in the box, uh, led to a penalty and then a goal. And it's something we've sorely lacked all season. In fact, for the last probably two seasons, is midfield runners getting beyond. Absolutely, man. I, I think um, the way that goal comes about as well, what we saw it was, you know, aggressive attacking play. St Mirren did make it quite, you know, a bit easier for us because they were being themselves relatively aggressive, um, at least, you know, grading on a curve here. But yeah, it did mean that the game itself was more entertaining to watch. Unfortunately, it wasn't to last uh, with O'Hara managing to capitalise on a ball that probably could have been cleared about three or four times, um, eventually managed to get a strike on it, and it was an absolute peach, but Rangers probably could have done, I think, three or four times to to clear that one away. But, Kenny, what was your take on that one, man? Yeah, the, point, the points of error, there's four or five different players that should do better there, actually. But um, I'll give the boy the credit that he, he deserves there, actually. What a finish that is. Uh, that's as good a strike as I've seen from any other team at, at Ibrox all season. It was just absolutely nailed top corner. It was a great goal. Um, but yeah, being blunt about it, it's, we, we've watched this all season. We'd, we've talked about it all season. Uh, clear your lines. That uh, First and foremost, defend properly and defend firstly. Uh, and we're just failing to do it over and over again. There's 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 nu- numerous players that make mistakes in that, Andrew. There really is. It's yeah. every defender at some point is to blame, and midfielders as well. It's yeah. just in the stroke of half time, and I think they just think, oh, we're just we're going to see this out. Doesn't really matter. The cross comes in for Tav's side. It ends mm-hmm. up at the other side. Borna fails to stop it. Davies is weak in the air. Suter has a go at it. The things pinballing about our. Basically, from our 18-yard line to the touchline for what feels like about five minutes. It goes on for about 30 seconds, doesn't it? Aye. And you think, fuck it, just get rid of this. And the, the, it's half time as soon as you kick this away. And yeah. then I, I wanted to go to Varfim. I see the boy kind of pushes himself off a Tillman a wee bit. I, I can't quite see a replay that catches that the way I saw it at the game. He kind of has a shove at Tillman before he makes the run, but obviously that's neither here nor there in the grand well, scheme of things. Dave, I'm assured that a shove in the penalty box means that the goals are automatically chopped off. You know, we've well, seen a recent history of that, obviously. So. Aye, exactly. <laughs> but it's a good hit, but again, it's that was among their first attacks, first first sort of menacing attacks, first shot. It's their and first again, shot on target. So, yeah. The soft centre comes back where one chance is, is a goal for for this defence, and it's just utterly, utterly unsustainable. There is six or seven chances to clear that ball. That That's what kind of mystified me watching it. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a real disappointment because uh, what comes off as quite a positive uh, halftime talk instead turns into, fuck's sake, lads, we've cocked up again here at the back. But um, I think we, we came back from it quite strong, Uh into the second half, we uh, win a free kick uh, in their in their area. Borna takes it and it goes directly to Fashion Scala's head. Nods that one home. Rangers are back 2-1. Uh, that's the way to respond, right, Kenny? Yep. Uh, again, another 
great cross from Borna uh, and a tidy finish from Fashion Sakala. Um, yeah, and it, listen, to be fair to Rangers, it was no more than we deserved. We were the better side throughout this game. So, yeah, it, it didn't, you know, wholly surprise me that we had been, come out the second half and scored early. But, um, yeah, it was... I wouldn't say it was coming, if you know what I mean, but I, I felt very comfortable sitting watching it, uh, you know, on Saturday, I must admit. I think we have seen that before with this Rangers team. Um, you know, Beal has found the way to motivate these guys, especially after an, a halftime team talk. So really good to see the team responding. It's just disappointing that it needs to come after a halftime break where we've effectively let the team back into it. Uh, Rangers kept pushing uh, during this, but again, the next team to score would be St Mirren. Uh, O'Hara, again, capitalising off of... Uh, I think this came from a set piece, but again, it's one that takes it, its time to be cleared. Suter eventually runs over a couple of our own players um, to try and header this one out. He ends up heading it directly to O'Hara's feet, who then obviously takes the opportunity that he's got and uh, and buries this one. Dave, again, I mean, what's the defence doing here, man? Uh, at this point, we've worked hard to get back in front. We're, we're looking reasonably comfortable. It's that it's getting to what the seventy-eighth, eightieth minute. Maybe maybe a wee bit before that. We're thinking, see the game out. Maybe nick another one. And again, defence all over the shop. No block comes in. It ping pongs about. Comes to the edge of the area. It, like I keep saying, it's just it, it's, these goals are marring. What was an otherwise reasonably good end of season performance. Because we've just got the soft centre coming back again. And at that point, the two each, their fans are absolutely buzzing. The team are up for it. They're, they kind of, I thought, get caught a wee bit. Did they, they sit or did they go for the win? Which they maybe was on the table. And there was a period where they kind of couldn't quite decide. And that let us get back, get a foothold back in the game. But again, from looking at it now, five total shots. They've scored twice. And a quick check. Uh, the other shots were in target, but from memory they were all fairly straightforward for McGregor. It's c- coming to the end of the season, McGregor will be there next season, but it's just not good enough. Yeah, I think the the situation that we find ourselves in there, um, I, I think you do see what Golton brings to that defence. Um, I know he's I mean, he's not alone. We've complained, I think, about every, almost every single player so far this season at some point. But um, yeah, in terms of what he adds to that, to that defence, um, in terms of keeping it secure... Both Davis, I think Davis particularly, uh, but possibly Suter as well, they need someone like him next to him to walk them through the game and make sure that everything's being taken care of because it, it is that soft underbelly that we're seeing there, Dave. Aye, I think to zero in and a portion, maybe not blame, but just to single somebody out a wee bit. For me, Ben Davies, it's... It, he's, he's sort of critics, but he's sort of defenders as well. He's one of these ones for a Rangers team a Rangers player, he falls into this weird middle ground category of not being atrocious, but not being quite good enough. And I think we maybe find it harder to compute that than other teams' fans because we're used to either having a team full of guys who pull their weight, or historic teams and good Rangers teams of the past, we're generally pretty good at everybody doing their bit, or we're used to seeing teams of absolute fucking diddies in the lower leagues and nobody's getting any redeeming features. So when a guy comes along who kind of floats along in the middle of not doing anything horrendously bad until recently, 
but no doing anything particularly. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> particularly, no doing anything particularly stellar. He actually made two severe errors in the first half as well that let them through and goal twice. One looked mm-hmm. to me as if he attempted keepy ups, and the other, he, he failed a pass back, and both times he ends up on the deck facing his own goal as they hair through. And the guy who got through kind of bottled it a wee bit, I thought, and held up and suitors get back. So there's potentially Davies has shipped two goals in the first half, weak on both of their goals again. And you said that this is what's going to trigger this thought, is without Goldson there to hold his hand and do his defending for him, mm. he's just not quite up to snuff. And I don't want to, to trash the guy right him off, but he's, to win the league back, we're going to need guys who lead the team or, or are, are team leader level, guys like Cantwell, who come in and you can see the desire, the heart, the fight, clearly wants to be here, wants to make a fist at it. And then mm. on the flip side to that, you get guys like Davies who, I can, I call them tourists on Twitter. They're guys who come up here and they just want to, I'll pad my CV, I'll earn decent money, I'll get some good stories. And they know they're only a phone call away if I move back to the Championship or the lower end of the Premier League. So I'm never sure their heart's really that in it. And I'm just not seeing for Davies the signs of a man who's mentally and physically committed to this. And... He's maybe got a pal just in front of him who falls into the same boat from a similar neck of the woods. <laughs> Guys who just will come to him in a minute. Just <laughs> not quite as invested as they could or should be. And we need guys who are pretty much zealots for what the manager's trying to do. That's what Celtic yeah. got in a minute. Let's um let's we, let's we stay in Liverpool for a second. Yeah. I was gonna say let's stay in Liverpool for a second and talk about John Lundstrom. So obviously coming in for, for Ryan Jack and again you see the drop off in uh, in quality and performance as well. Um, I think let, let's let's do a bit of tallying up of paperwork here. Sixty two minutes, we actually sub off Sakala for Matondo. Um, according to the manager, that was just down to a, a wanting to change how they're playing slightly. Um, but and then their goal comes two minutes after that. But ten minutes before that, on fifty three minutes, Lundstrom has his now fairly traditional get booked, pick up a yellow card. Um, for a stupid foul that he doesn't really need to commit. Uh, the, the, I think, as I said, that drop-off in quality that we do see from him um, compared to someone like Ryan Jack, who I think has been, you know, extremely good, albeit, you know, we have con- concerns about his his injury history. Uh, I mean, again, that that football tourist thing that you, you allude to there, Dave, is that is that just the case with Lundstrom? Because... Well, we may well come on to this, but he was speaking in the post-match press conference uh, discussing the contract situation, given that he's only got a year left, and made note of the fact that he's not had any offers in terms of renewing that contract. <laughs> so is this is this kind of thing where, you know, Rangers' actions are speaking louder than words here, or, or what? What do you think? Very possibly. I, I would quite like to see both Davies and Lundstrom moved on for a fee, because there's... The English thing, the fact they're sort of close to home means we could we could probably bring in what we've roughly what we paid out on them in the summer and that could go elsewhere. It's becoming a great source of frustration because we know Lundstrom can be a physical presence in a terrier in midfield and we've kind of seen it. But there's there's the tourist guys who come up here for their, their Instagram and their CV and then there's the, the Billy Big Bollocks who come up here and think that they're going to physically dominate and technically dominate the league and they're complacent because of that and the, the absolute poster boy for that for me is Joey Barton and currently John Lindstrom's doing a sort of Joey Barton tribute act that nobody wanted and nobody asked for 
you see that there it's the big sloppy touch or misplaced pass and then he has to drag the guy to the deck to mop up his own mistake and it happens time and again to the point it's a special move it's like his signature move it's like Ronaldo's chop it, it just happens game in game out and people probably come from far and wide to see it or oh, we're going to see Lindstrom make a shitty touch and drag a guy to the deck oh there he, yeah, there he goes and it's just tedious now and it's, it's every week Dave isn't it it's actually it's every, happening every single game <laughs> it's every game and it's his own fault and it's to me covering his own back it's incredibly selfish because he's trying to make himself no look as shite because he's made the heavy touch so I'll drag this guy back and then we won't concede a goal off this so it doesn't look as bad but he's getting booked it's just laziness and when he wants to do it I Europe and he's tested he can when he's tested Celtic last season in Europe he raises his game when he's playing against St Mirren, he's so complacent he thinks he's better than these guys. But how many guys have came to Scotland for the Premier League in particular and utterly failed because they're not actually that good. They become a target because of who they are and their, their profile and whatever and their earnings and all the rest of it. And guys got to prove a point against him and that's happening to Lundstrom. And at yeah. the moment, he's not performing at anything like the level we need or his own level. And let's say the closest thing I can liken him to is a Joey Barton tribute act. I think for, for me, the most frustrating thing is we've seen how well Lundstrom can perform. Um, we, we've seen how effective he can be, as you say, in against Celtic and especially in Europe, where last season at times he, he looked like a completely different player. Now, I mean, it's just, as you say, it, it's compensating for the fact that for whatever reason, you just aren't performing at that same standard. I'm conscious that earlier in the season he was playing with an injury, so you could maybe excuse him for that. But as far as I know, he's had time to get healed up. He's not playing through an injury now. So, yeah, it's deeply frustrating. And again, probably highlights why midfield is one of the areas we're going to need to strengthen come the summer. However, we did turn to our bench about 10 minutes after the O'Hara goal. We're, what, sitting in the 77th minute? It's two all. What do we do? But roll the dice. We have a triple substitution. Davis coming off for Kamara, Raskin coming off for Hadji, and Tillman coming off for Arfield. Kenny, I'll come to you first, mate, but in terms of our squad bench, that's probably the three strongest subs that we had to throw on there. Uh, What was your take on that? I got the distinct feeling that Michael Beale had had enough. If you know what I mean, thought, right, I'm throwing caution to the wind. This is a must win. We need to win this game. Uh, And took the three off and brought the three on. Um, I thought the the substitutions were... I thought Raskin was getting a bit tired again. I I don't know if you've noticed that as well, Dave, but he he is getting tired in the last 10, 15, you know, 20 minutes of games. Um, So I could understand that one. Um, And to be fair, you know, looking back and... Uh, what Michael Beale said after you know after the game and the uh, at, at, to the press, he, he's talking about the defensive horror show and all the rest of it, and I think he's just thought caution the wind, get out, play attacking players and get on with it, uh, and it worked for us. Uh, and to be fair to Michael Beale, I thought he, he nailed that because all three of them come on and actually contributed very well. I completely agree. I think. You know, we, we see bringing Davis off, you're effectively telling Lundstrom, OK, you're going to cover centre-back, but you're not actually playing at centre-back. And then with Hadji and Arfield, Hadji someone who's desperate to prove a point. Arfield always knows how to get a goal in like the last minute of, uh, of our games. So absolutely makes sense from, from my perspective. And uh, yeah, it would only be a couple of minutes after that that we'd uh, finally see it make its difference with, uh, again, lovely bit of passing play through. Cantwell gets the ball and uh, he gets Morelos slid in for 
a goal that's, I think, been long coming because it's been a while since we've seen Morella score and it's been a while since we've seen the old knee slide on the turf as well. Uh, great to see, Dave. Aye, brilliant. I mean, if we get, I've said for a while, if we can get Morelos back to where we know he can be, he's an asset for the rest of the season and hopefully I would I would certainly keep him. But uh, aye, the, the rolling the dice, the subs, it's kind of, it's kind of getting spoke about a lot in the media that Rangers and Celtic now have such depth, the league's the poorest it's ever been, blah blah. We can bring on that amount of quality and St Mirren had already been put a shift in and we can bring on guys like Hadji, Arfield in particular, the absolute last human being on planet Earth you want to turn around and see at 70 minutes at Ibrox having chased your tail for the preceding 69 is Scott fucking Arfield standing there because that's just a nightmare. And to illustrate that point, I pointed this out to my daughter at the game. We had a late corner and we didn't put too many guys up, but Arfield went and found their biggest defender and stood in front of him. And if anybody else noticed this, let me know. He dragged the defender away beyond the back post, out of the six-yard box, basically totally negating them. So we only maybe had two or three guys in the box because it was three, two, four, two at the time. And he dragged the guy and I could see him talking to the guy and laughing because there was no prospect after he would get in the ball where he was. No prospect ahead of He was on the touchline outside the six-yard box. And he just took the guy away for fun. It's just one of the things Arfield does with his, his intelligence and his game knowledge. Just selflessness, utter selflessness to take the guy for a walk, basically. And that's think, the kind of thing yeah, finish up. Yeah, you don't want to see because he, he, he runs you ragged with 20 minutes to go because he's such a selfless and intelligent player. Replacing him and what he brings is going to be difficult. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I've spoken about Arfield before. I, he's absolutely a player I'd be keeping as a, as a squad option, someone to bring off the bench, but certainly someone whose game intelligence I think is nearly unparalleled in our team. You know, we we saw how how effective Stephen Davis as as another kind of player, how effective he could be off the ball and in terms of how he runs the play. But he's him and Arfield are the two who, for me, totally get the game, and so. I know Arfield's talked about in the past before going into coaching. I think if we offer him a player contract, uh, player coaching contract, I think that's a no-brainer for him. I think he's talked in the past about going back to Falkirk as well, as a shitey wee Falkirk player that he is. <laughs> but um, certainly, I would, I would, I, I'm absolutely with you there, Dave. I would 100% be keeping him around. We wouldn't have to wait too long either for our next goal because, you know, our, our young Welsh prince unleashed finally. Um, showing what he can do, playing on the left-hand side, makes a fantastic run. Again, I think this is off uh, a Countwell pass. Um, he breaks himself free pretty much on the halfway line, sprints his way down and puts in exactly what Morelos is going to be asking for. Perfect cross over to him. Morelos is just at slightly step back from the rest of the defence and just blooters this one in. Uh, fantastic goal, a one-two punch. We're 4-2 up against St Mirren. Game over, as far as you're concerned, right, Kenny? Yep, and uh, yeah, listen, it was a nice wee run from Matondo and um, the crossover right to his foot, and it's the best finish I've seen from Morelos in quite a while, actually, in the sense of uh, just got his body right over it and cracked it in the bottom corner. Um, the only thing I would say, if I'm going to be picky, is that the first, the first touch from Ravi Matondo with the ball played to him is absolutely horrific. It's just as well the boys get bags of pace uh, to get it back under control. But uh, listen, I, go back to what Dave said. I never noticed that with Scott Arfield actually at the game on Saturday. I've never seen that, so I'm going to look that back because I genuinely never noticed it. I've been probably too busy gabbing at the time, but um, 
a fantastic goal, actually, uh, to get back to your point, Andrew. Really good goal, and I was relieved and delighted at that point, put it that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all credit to St Mirren as well. They've taken the game to the 77th minute, or in fact, the 79th minute, and it's Rangers, it's us this season. We're, we're absolutely in a shout with losing this game. St Mirren have got this all to play for as well. You know, with how the... Uh, how the table's finished up here. They they are now just a point behind Hearts. You know they're fighting to get third place there. They, this is a game that has that has stakes as far as St Mirren are concerned. So you know they're they're fully going for this one. So yeah, the the um the way that we were able to scrape this one out for ourselves uh, really good. And there was a bit of controversy. Well, not even really controversy, but there was a delay as uh, we had a VAR check that felt like it went on for about five minutes just to see if Randy Matondo was offside. Um, on first blush, I thought he potentially was. I think he's just about level with the St Mirren player. And uh, yeah, onside, VAR strikes again. Another win for the Masons. And uh, yeah, we're uh, sitting pretty 4-2. The, the next goal that, that happens here is is a pretty special one because I'm pretty sure the passings for this started around the 83-minute mark. There's, there's a full video of this up on the Rangers YouTube and I'd highly encourage anyone listening to this if they've not gone and watched it to go and check it out because we see 60 passes in total to put this this goal together. But the best thing for me about this was seeing how involved Cantwell is in this. Beautiful Todd is all over the pitch for this one. We see him receiving the ball, we see him making himself available, we see him making the runs. Finally gets onto the end of it and has a perfect run from probably the 40-yard line all the way into the box and just kisses this ball straight into the path of Scott Arfield, who does what Scott Arfield does, puts the ball through the keeper's legs and makes it 5-2. Suddenly in the 86-minute mark, we're looking much more comfortable, Dave. But, you know, as a football purist yourself, how excited were you at this goal, mate? Oh, I was loving it. It was almost the LA's coming out and... I mean, it must be some sort of record. Usually if a goal's 20 passes, there's sort of remarks made and people comment on it. This, as you say, we seem to have the ball for ages and you sort of lose the thread because you start gabbing because the, the the passes are so sort of safe and locked in and we're not going to lose it. So you kind of turn and start talking to people and whatever. But uh, aye, we held the ball for, as you say, it felt like an eternity. And then it's that wee burst for Cantwell that makes it but he's involved more than anybody else and you can see as you see him shaping the play where he wants to go he's constantly looking for it in that run and he's taking up positions and moving his teammates around and he's an example of the inverse of what we said about Lindstrom he's come up here and gone right I'm better than this league I'm going to show that I'm better I'm going to use my ability to find space and create in a way that nobody else really in this league with one or two exceptions can do it's it's a lovely bit of football it's very much on brand with the whole kind of Beal thing. And aye, I, you could just see Scott Arfield went through. He only had one thing in his mind, and that was to not oh, yeah. the guy. Who <laughs> actually, to be fair to their keeper, had had an excellent game. He had, yeah. I think, you know, it's all credit when St Mirren's defence are doing exactly what our defence isn't doing, which is being very stingy, making sure they don't give up too many chances. And if something does get through, keep as solid as a rock for it. But unfortunately, he had no chance of this one. Kenny, how about you? I think briefly after this one, we subbed Tab off for King. I think, again, just giving the boy some game time. But that was pretty much all she wrote. And the stadium announcer said that Todd Campbell was the man of the match, which I think is the first time that it's actually matched up with reality in a, in a little while. But what, what was your take on that one, man? 
On the goal, I, I thought the goal was uh, tremendous. Um, absolutely brilliant. I, I agree with Dave. It's totally on point uh, on uh, the Michael Beale philosophy about ball retention. And uh, I also agree with Cantwell. When you see it back uh, on TV, you don't see that. You know, you know, you can see what's happening in, in the stadium. But when you watch it back and you see that he's uh, on the left-hand side of our penalty box, he's on the right-hand side of their penalty box, he's back in the middle, he's back over, he's all over the pitch, it's proper box-to-box. And again, I agree with what Dave just said there about him coming up here, and it's a a mentality thing, it's a a character thing that he's showing. He's shown something that, you know, it feels as if I'm picking on Lundstrom here, but it's something that Lundstrom's not shown at at the moment, is that mentality... Uh, and that character that that's required to play for Rangers, where Todd Cantwell has turned up and said, "I'm going to boss this team for the next two years, and I'm going to win this this, this team trophies." Uh, and you can tell with that mentality right away that he is going to be a huge, huge, huge asset for us. Um, absolutely wonderful goal, and uh, Dave will tell you as well. You could tell in the stadium. The the players loved it. They were absolutely buzzing to get that that last goal. You could tell they really enjoyed it, which is which is nice to see. It shows that there's a, a still a team spirit there. You know, one hundred percent. I think the way that we finished that game is how I think most of us want us to be starting our games, right? But you know, it's certainly great to see. And like you say, that that team spirit is is certainly there. Um, we'll turn to the post-match now, and in, in terms of the post-match interviews, we obviously had Lundstrom, who I think has, has basically rehashed a number of points that he's made before, but mentioned that point about his contract, as we discussed earlier. Um, but then it was a manager up, and I think it's fair to say he was pretty disappointed with the standard of defending. Um, he made allusions to the previous weekend's game, talked about how he gave up two goals there, and then we'd given up two goals here as well. Um, so... I mean, generally, if your team scores five, you'll be pretty happy. But I think he was more upset about the fact that we conceded two that day. Aye, and it's good to see because he's obviously identified that we just kind of keep gaining up two goal cushions to other teams. That means we need to then do what we had to do or don't win. And that's now four goals in a row that are probably avoidable. And like I said at the start, it's, it's just unsustainable. I didn't catch a post-match at the time, but I've obviously caught up with now. Horror show is how I'd have described it as well. So hopefully that's where we know we need investment in that area. And hopefully, as I say, one or two at the doors can can do that. But get a big game coming up. We'll get a big game coming up Sunday, actually, as well. Aberdeen need to be tighter. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that those two teams are more likely to punish us. Aberdeen especially at the moment. I mean, the, the run of form that they're in at the moment it's going to be interesting we're not going to preview the game tonight obviously uh going to leave that to our esteemed colleagues uh chris and i believe stevie from four lads had a dream as well we'll be uh we'll be doing that one chris is too busy tonight watching small japanese girls perform death metal which just apparently is what he does with his tuesday nights you know i'm not one to comment on that it's just it's what it is right um, but kenny He's i mean sending pictures and everything is crazy i mean, 
I, the, the, I won't ever expose that to the public. No one needs to see that kind of nonsense, <laughs> honestly. Not not through Saturday at three speed. While well, I've got nothing to say about it, thank you very much, Kenny. I mean, for you then, how 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 do you wrap up this game as a whole uh, in terms of how we played? You know, they, we've got sublime to the ridiculous. We've got very good points. We've got very bad points. Uh, what's your takeaway from this one, mate? I actually thought we played quite well in patches. You know, there was kind of mundane points in the game where we were huffing and puffing, but uh, in the main, I thought we actually played pretty well at times. Uh, we created a few chances. We've scored five goals, uh, and I agree with again with what Dave just said there about it's unsustainable the amount of goals we're losing. If you actually look back to when Michael Beale came in. He lost two goals first game, two goals second game, two goals fourth game. Uh, we have lost lots and lots of goals under Michael Beale. Um, and to be honest, I think he's probably getting pretty much as much as he can out of this squad of players. I think that's not unfair to say. I think there's deficiencies in this squad uh, defensively for sure. Uh, up the front three haven't contributed enough as well, but that's not an issue uh, for Saturday's game but yeah I, I, listen I've got to be honest I I, I felt qu- quite happy um, on Saturday after the game I thought we had done okay actually I thought against a decent side I thought they were one of the better sides that we've seen uh, at Ibrox this season I thought they were they were okay Simon, and I thought we dispatched with them with re- a relative ease even though it took us a long time to get the third the fourth and the fifth Um but if we could defend properly, the game's finished in 50 minutes. So, yeah, I was quite happy, to be honest. That That's it for me right there. You know, if we defend properly, then the game is over at the 50-minute mark. Uh, Dave, how about you, mate? Just thoughts overall on the game itself? I echo what Kenny said there. In parts of the performance, there's stuff to like, there's signs there. Unfortunately, in terms of the league now, we're just it's a matter of kind of trying to infer and divine what you can for next season. But there's there's bits and pieces there that are good. Cantwell, Raskin, some of the footballing show. Tavon Borna get assists again. Obviously, they'll be here next year in a big part of what goes on. Hopefully, we can get a couple of goals with Morelos. If we, even if we get him into run a form, we potentially a cup final coming up. I'd still, as I say, like to see him stay. It's a wee glimpse at a Kentless future maybe as well. And how that might look. Obviously, we'd need a, a big hitter to replace him. But uh, I'll, I'll have no, I'll have no disrespect of Rabbi Matondo here, Dave. How dare you? Well, <laughs> do you know something? I'd nobody be happier than me if Matondo turned it around. I don't personally hate Rabbi Matondo. He just he's emblematic of a sort of approach to transfers and a, a kind of historical thing that's going on with us where we sign guys like that. It don't work. But if Matondo turns it around and starts chipping in with goals and assists, there will be nobody makes a bigger hypocrite of themselves than me, trust me. <laughs> Dave, I, I, I actually think, that going by Michael Beale's comments after the game, where he mentioned that he hadn't really seen much of him because he'd been injured most of the time, it wouldn't surprise me if he gives him the pre-season and he perhaps has a look at him. Um, particularly if Kent's away. I, I, I've i always been of this mind since kind of... Uh, the start of you know the second part of the season after the World Cup that I, rem- I just remember him up at coming on it up at Ross County and him getting dogs abuse but away support and think he's just not going to hack it here he's not going to last he looked gutted the kid um, I, I don't know I've just got that funny feeling with what Michael what Michael Beale said that he he might well be here next season do you know that hey the the interesting thing is 
I think he was ostensibly brought in as a right winger, right? But he has looked far more effective whenever he's played off the left. And that's where his assist comes from for this goal. Um, obviously, he's not been getting into the team because we've got Ryan Kent there. But if Kent's out injured for a bit, I don't think it'd be the worst shout in the world to put Batondo in there and, and see how well he does, Kenny. I agree. Uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, again, he's, he's got, and I'm trying to be fair, he's got everything to prove. He's not done much this season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it, listen, we we have to we have to be fair to the kid and, and let's see what he, you know what he can do. Uh, and as I say, um, just going by what Michael Beale said, um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's prepared to give him a bit a little bit of a chance, if nothing else. Whereas I think there's others in the squad like perhaps Lundstrom and Kamara, where he's he's probably already told them go and find yourselves clubs. I thought that I was going to mention that earlier on about John Lundstrom. Uh, I don't know what you two guys think, but. The last three or four, maybe even five press conferences or after-match interviews that he's done, uh, I think he's just going through, he's been going through the motions. Doesn't look particularly happy or anything like that. I don't know. Maybe it's just me reading too much into it. But I think he's just going to, kind of going through the motions. Well, it remains to be seen for sure. I think certainly we know that there's going to be some turnover come this summer. And I think we will, come the summer break, we will do more of a deep dive into it and in terms of breaking down which players we think we should stay, which should go. I mean, if we talk to Chris, then it'll be the entire team's got to leave. But I think we're going to probably have to retain one or two from the uh, current squads before we, uh, we take ourselves into next season. But that being said, I mean, from our perspective... When we talked about this pre-game, obviously our league position is immaterial at this point. It is what it is. It's not going to change regardless of the results. But it's another win. It's a win at home against, as we said, a relatively difficult opponent. And sets us up nicely into these next two games, which both of which are very important. Uh, one probably more, a little bit more than the other. But uh, unless, gentlemen, we have anything else to discuss, I think uh, it would be right of me to thank you both for coming on this evening. Uh, so, Kenny, I'll come to you first. Thank you very much for, for talking us through some Rangers, man. Oh, thanks, Andrew. Cheers, Dave. Enjoyed that. Thanks very much, guys. No worries. And uh, Dave, thanks again. Always a pleasure, mate. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Andrew. Enjoyed that. Good stuff. Uh, so uh, all that remains for me to say is to thank you, the listeners, for well listening uh we always appreciate it every listen every download every like click share subscribe all of those things help us we are on every single form of social media that we've got going on at the moment we're on twitter tiktok youtube fucking facebook we're all over the place and you can get the podcast pretty much anywhere that you can get podcasts uh, apple spotify amazon music or you can listen right there on the website as well so if you do want to get in touch, you can reach out by emailing contact at saturday at 3couk That's all letters, no numbers. Uh, you want to ask us questions, you want to talk about a specific topic, hell, you want to come on and participate in one of the podcasts, we're always happy for that as well. So until we speak again, thank you very much for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>